0: Let's lay aside every weight, every old weight from 2022. Amen. Every old, every old thing. Lord, we lay it down and we charge with you uh, headlong into 2023, walking and talking and receiving from you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am very excited. We've been talking about the centrality of Jesus uh, for quite a while, over a year and a half, I'd say. And uh, what we've been doing is centering Christ, uh, laying Christ, if you will, as the foundation and centering all that we are on Him. And we begin with knowing His person. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we need to know His person. Who is He? Secondly, we went from there into knowing His mission. If we're going to be followers of Christ, we need to know His work. What did He come to do? And then number three, we've been on for a while, maybe six months, know His teaching. As a student and a follower of Jesus Christ, I need to know his teachings. And so the first thing that we looked at is Jesus taught truth. You remember when he stunned Pilate uh, talking about that everybody that He one of the reasons he had come was to bear witness of the truth, and everyone that uh, hears his voice is of the truth. And don't let the culture define truth for you. Amen. And don't let them tell you truth is all relative, because that's a lie. Truth is a person. He was here before we got here. He'll be here after we're gone. Secondly, we talked about the teaching that Jesus not only taught it, but He modeled God as our Father. We begin the prayer with our Father, right? Because in the New Covenant, there's a new birth that's coming whereby God becomes our Father. In the natural world, you entered the natural realm through a natural birth. You enter the realm where God resides in spirit, the unseen realm, but is a very real realm. You enter that realm by spiritual birth. And Jesus taught God as our Father. And then number three, uh, He taught us that the Father's kingdom is accessible in the here and now, not just the hereafter. Aren't you glad that you don't have to wait till you're dead and in heaven to know God? Heaven has come here. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God sent forth His Spirit into His Son, through His Son, into you and my Heart, and we can know Him and access the kingdom through the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, sorry, here, here these are. I'm recapping them. And then number four, we're getting in today. We're going to start the new year off right with regeneration. Did you know Jesus taught regeneration? He did not teach that good works will save you. He didn't teach that being a church member will save you. You must be born again. of Americans claim to be Christian. If 70% of this country were Christians, I would think it would look different. So what's the caveat? Here's the caveat. Of that 69%, only 29% claim to be born again. So there's your answer. Only 29% of Americans, a far, far cry from a majority... Claim to be indwelt by the very life of God. Having been regenerated, I was talking with Ron Bridges this week about what I was going to share on, and he said, What does a generator do if we've been regenerated? A generator supplies power, energy, it creates energy. You have been regenerated. God puts his power, his divine life on the inside of you to be your source. Why does our country look the way that it looks? Because only 29% of people claim to have this divine life on the inside of them, that they are not the same creature they were before they met Christ. But we are on a mission. May the Spirit and the life of Jesus Christ Himself sweep across this nation. And those who are born again but are asleep May they wake up to the reality that they've been infused with divine life. And then those who are not born again, who simply have no other choice but to hold to a form of godliness, but there is no power, may they be born again. May they get the same power source that you and I get uh, got the day that we got born again. Somebody say amen. amen. the The teaching of regeneration, you might know it, as born again. We're going to look at that in John 3. Maybe you know it as born of the Spirit. It literally means born from above. Spiritual rebirth. Paul called it new creation in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's all throughout the New Testament. You hear us say often, because it's part of our aligning values, that we are those who live connected to Christ through a new covenant economy. Why do we say that? Because nobody in the old covenant was born again. Jesus came and died so you could be lifed on the inside with divine life. There's such a difference between believism that, yeah, Jesus, I believe he died and rose again. Yay, yay for Jesus, thanks. And when I'm dead, I get to go to heaven. What you have in, in that at the cross, the justification, you have a remedy for your sin, but you have no power to live life and transform life on this planet without God's life on the inside of you. And so, new creation man, new life on the inside, the foundation for us to be family. Did you know we're brothers and sisters in Christ? Why? Because we're born of the same Father. We're washed in the same blood. And what? And we're indwelt by the same Savior. We're indwelt by the same living Christ. That makes me automatically your brother. So if you don't like me, take it up with Dad. He made me your brother. (laughs) We're family. Everybody say, we're family. The foundation for us to be family, and maybe you saw it on the banners out there, is regeneration. Going on mission together, Christ's mission together, is a shared regeneration by the Holy Spirit. That's our unity. We all get to, when we pray, we get to say, Father. Because that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. And we've been born of the spirit church. Let's look at it. John chapter 3, verse 1. By the way, uh, the passage I want you to eat this week or sit with the Lord on is John chapter 3, verse 3. Let's look at that one together. Let's eat it together and then share your thoughts with us at staff. Email the staff at gracechurch.community or you can put it on our Facebook page. But John three three is what we'll eat. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know. Now there were Pharisees who knew something's going on with Jesus of Nazareth. The stuff this guy's doing, the miracles, all that stuff, he's different. And it wasn't just Nicodemus. Now, he, he was brave enough to come, but only he came at night. So nobody would see him. But look what he says. We know that you're a teacher come from God. No one can do what's happening unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born of the Spirit to discern and even see spiritual things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 through 14 is a powerful passage. I encourage you to read it, sit with it. Only the Spirit knows the things of the Spirit. That's why so many times you read in the Gospels where Jesus is saying something profound and the disciples, it says, they did not know what he was saying. So if we struggle understanding and discerning biblical truth, we need to have the Holy Ghost. You need to have the one who wrote it. We don't need man's input on it. And then in verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? How many of you know that's a very dumb statement? <laughs> My Bible says, Jesus said, Nick, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No. <laughs> why, did, why did he say it? Is his reasoning natural or spiritual? That's Why? So nobody can understand the things of God without the Spirit of God. Jesus said, you must be born again. You'll never see the kingdom. And we we try to make it easy believism. Sign a card. Do this. Join a church. Be Intellectually believe Jesus died and rose again. Hey, the demons believe it. They know He did it. What you need is life on the inside of you. You cannot discern the things of God. And oh my, we need to discern in this hour. We must discern in this hour what is happening. You can't do it without the life of God. But the good news is Jesus came and died for you so you could be indwelt. If you take the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, but don't take the fourth part, He came to live inside of you by the Spirit, then you've missed the gospel. The gospel is not the cross. You were justified by His blood, but you're saved by His life. And I'll show you that in Romans 5. Here this morning, verse 9 and 10. I keep getting sidetracked, don't I? All right. Verse 5, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. He's not talking about dying and going to heaven. The kingdom of God had come in him. He's already said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. So, but you're not gonna see it. You're not gonna discern what I'm doing and you're not gonna enter into it yourself unless the Spirit of God, you consent to the Spirit of God coming inside of you and making you something entirely different than what you used to be. Born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now let's, let's discern this a little bit. Verse 6 comes right after it. That which is born of flesh is flesh, so that which is born of spirit is spirit. So it is likely he could be talking about water being your physical birth. Remember when mama's water broke? Well, no, you don't remember it, but you were there. (laughs) He could be talking about natural birth because of what he says in verse 6. But I have, I've read a bunch of stuff on this. There are people that talk about, maybe he's talking about, Uh, water baptism, be born of water and the Spirit and getting baptized. But we also know, and thankfully the people who kind of side on that argument of it, nobody believes water regenerates you. There's no regeneration in water. The regeneration is the Spirit. That is what brings new life. So verse 7, Jesus says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. He said this. He's repeating it. It doesn't have the initial time. But he said, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Doing a bunch of good stuff won't do it. You have to possess life on the inside you never possessed before. That's what has to happen to you. Verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But you can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. I love that. We, we can't see the wind, but we can see the effects that wind is real. Same with the Spirit. And so he's saying you need to be born again so you can not only enter the kingdom of God, but so you can see it and participate with its reality because it is a reality. First John 5, 6 says the Spirit is the truth. The realm of the Spirit is the truth in the natural you have fact and that's true in that sense but the truth supersedes facts it's how people get healed the fact may be johnny's arm was broken and then when healing occurs supernatural we call it a miracle or beyond the natural something occurs the truth has won out over fact and it came from the spirit So let me say again, you entered the natural world by natural birth. You enter the the realm where God resides and is enthroned through spiritual birth. The Christian life is undeniably identification with and association with the realm of the Spirit. I need you to hear that. We are people of the Spirit. Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit. He arrived here via the Holy Spirit in the earth suit that was given to him uh, through Mary. Jesus was empowered for ministry by the Spirit. The church was birthed in the book of Acts by the Spirit. You and I are admonished to walk by the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When we worship, we're to worship In spirit and in truth. Why? Because God himself is spirit. Jesus was, you got born into the world and and the natural world is full of chaos and pain and, and, you know, and yeah, there's some good stuff in it, but nothing lasting. So you had to get born out of that world and born into this one. You got born in the realm of the spirit whereby love and joy and peace are now given to you from that realm. And because the world didn't give it to you, the world can't take it away. You're always loved in the Spirit. You're always full of joy, sourced by joy in the Spirit. You always have access to peace in and through and by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the agent of regeneration. You cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit. He lifes our dead spirit. And isn't it incredible that we can worship? And, and whoever, John 4, whoever connects with God, relates to God, worships God, Jesus said must do so in spirit and in truth. It's amazing we get to do this. You don't get that in the old covenant, but in the new covenant you do. He goes inside. He gave you what I call the bat phone. You have a, that red phone on Batman. You, you have a direct line to God. Did you know you don't need a preacher to tell you the truth? You can hear truth you 've got a back phone you don 't need a teacher of the Bible for you to be able to hear and connect with God. Jesus did all that for you. Believe it receive it what 's the issue? Well, the issue is only twenty nine percent of a sixty nine percent are actually professing to be born again we don 't even know how many of that twenty nine percent live aware of that reality are actually taught. Not to live by human effort, but by Christ's life within. Amen, somebody. Dallas Willard, who's a tremendous theologian, said the other day, and I'm paraphrasing, now more than ever, people need to be discipled unto participation with Christ's life within them. Uh, Divine life, sorry. Divine life within them. So many people either weren't discipled or they got discipled to a program or something other than Christ's divine life within. Why is the Lord talking to us about regeneration? You may say, I'm already born again. What are you talking about? So you can help somebody. Because if you go tell them they just need to sign a card and join a church, that doesn't life them. They must be born again. And now, as you disciple people and help people, your loved ones, you can disciple them to a life, a person. Yeah, Christ himself. I was watching The Chosen the other day, and Jesus said to Nicodemus, you know, there's a big long scene about all of this. He said, I didn't come to deliver God's people from Rome. I came to deliver them from sin and spiritual death. If we're dead spiritually, what do we need? Life. We need new life. That's what He came to do. And because it's spiritual rebirth, guess who it has to come from? The Spirit of God. You can't birth yourself. How many of you birth yourself in the natural? It's no different. You can't birth yourself in the Spirit either. You need a parent to birth you. Call on His name and He'll do it. Amen? Amen. Let me show you this. Right here. But as many as received Him. Received Him. To them He gave the right or the power to become children of God. To those who believe in His name. Look at that. Those who believe are born of God. Verse 13. If you believe you're born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of God, you're born of God. If you believe, you're born. If you believe, you're born, this is not intellectual assent. This is the receiving of a life on the inside of you, whereby you become a different person. Does it make sense to you that if all somebody does is say, "Yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church? I believe what the Bible says. You know, for the most part, I believe that. No wonder they have no power to, to live life. You have to receive Him to as many as received Him. Well, I have right doctrine, Steve. I believe all the right things. That doesn't matter. you got to receive life. Born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of God, but born of God. Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2. He made you alive. That's what it says. You who are once dead, He made you alive together with Christ. How about this one? 1 John 3, 9. Whoever is born of God cannot sin. 1 John 4, 7 uses the term born of God. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that's... Or sorry. He... He who is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. Born of God, 1 John 5.4. Born of God, 1 John 5.18. Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live, Christ lives inside me. Colossians 1.27, mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because it's spiritual rebirth, it has to come from spirit. Because Jesus said, that which is born of the natural realm is natural. But that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And I'm not here to try and convince people, well, I guess uh, maybe I'm not saved. If you asked Him to come into your heart, He did. I'm not trying to tell you who you're not. I'm trying to tell you who you are. I'm trying to tell you what happened to you. And that you can quit living by your own effort and energy and now live by the generator of Christ who's in you. Let Him be your supply. Let Him be your source. Stop trying to fight sin in your own strength trying to defeat it. How does He, how does he beat sin and death? Go to the empty tomb. He overwhelms it with life. And that same life that rose Christ from the dead is inside you. That life conquers death. That light conquers darkness. Don't spend all your time fighting wrong things. Eat of Him. Abide in Him. Live connected to Him. Receive of Him. Just like you became His child, live that way every day, Galatians says. Live that way. How did I do it? Receive of Him. Feed on Christ. Feed on Him. As we feed on Him. I think that's part of that vaccine, you know, vision. I was seeing that inoculation that he's the source. If you'll just feed on me and feed on me, you won't feed on darkness. Let's get ourselves preoccupied with the light. Let's get ourselves preoccupied with the truth. Amen. God's plan has always been to have sons after his own kind. And the only way he can have sons and daughters after his own kind is put his own DNA in you. And he did. If you've prayed that prayer and received him, then He's in you. That life is in you. And when I said earlier about only 29% of the 69% claim to be born again, this has caused so many issues. Bless you. So many in our country say that they're Christians, but they don't acknowledge divine life inside of them. They actually think they're a Christian because of something they believe or a church or a denomination they belong to. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. You cannot have a form of godliness because and then live with no power. You can't live with intellectual scent. Jesus didn't die for us so we could lord our own life, call ourselves a Christian, and go to heaven when we're dead. That's not why He died. He cleans you so He could fill you with life. Amen. Amen, somebody. And then from within, He wants to shape you inwardly. Because regeneration brings with it sanctification, the power to look like Him. Intellectual believism has no power. I'm a Christian because I believe this, that, and the other. That will not help you. There's no power in that. No power in doctrine. There's power in Christ. And you got regenerated by a person. So we live in full access to Him. True salvation is more than just having our sins forgiven. It's life within that transforms our character to be sons of God. What if God is every bit as interested in your sanctification as He is in your regeneration. Because what we do is we time, date, and stamp the day we got saved or whatever. And we think that's the end. Your salvation in God's eyes was not the end, friend. It was the beginning. And when you're saved by His life, His life goes to work in you and you actually start looking like Him. This is why the stat I gave you opens. It's very enlightening. Why don't we see more Christ-likeness? within our country because the 70% who call themselves Christian, a very small portion of them actually have divine life inside of them, sanctifying them to look like Him. So I'm going to say it again. True salvation is more than just forgiveness of sins. It's life within us that transforms our character. He didn't forgive our sins so we'd feel better about stuff we do wrong. He forgave our sins so He could fill us with Himself, with divine life. We cannot treat the introduction of Christ's life into someone's heart as simply forgiveness of sin and assurance of heaven. It must be regeneration. It must be new creation. Here's, here's Romans chapter 5. I'll read it to you because I don't have it on the screen. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. Is this making sense to you? And I'm passionate about it because the Lord put this in my heart. The Lord showed me what's going on in our country, what's going on in our churches. Why does it look the way it looks? We, We traded something. What He came to give us was divine life on the inside. Jesus taught regeneration. He modeled life In a human body, deriving from the Spirit. From above, from His Father. Here's Romans 5, 9. How much more then, having now been justified by His blood. Most people stop at justification. He justified me. I'm a Christian. My sins are forgiven. When I'm dead, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, you were justified by His blood. But listen to the rest of it. Having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Verse 10, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, how much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by His life. So the introduction of Christ's life into you at the new birth was not the end. It was the beginning. It was the beginning. There's three different scriptures in the New Testament that talk about the saving of your soul. Yes, your spirit got lifed and you are heaven ready. You are secure. You've been reconciled to the Lord. Congratulations. But he does not plan on stopping in your spirit and hiding away somewhere. He's a king. He's after territory. So now he goes to the saving of your soul. Changing your thought life, changing your will mechanism, what you choose. Romans 6 says you once were a slave to sin. You just did whatever sin wanted, but not so anymore. Now you're a slave to righteousness and you do what God wants. Does that mean you're perfect all the time? No, but it sure means you look at sin different today than you did before you were born again. And so many people, they I believe they genuinely get born again. But when they start making mistakes, when the enemy starts beating them over the head saying, see, nothing really happened to you, they think that life somehow has vacated. It hasn't left. As long as you're looking at sin now with remorse in the sense of that's not who I am, I don't want to live here, then you're born again. You're born again. I remember a teenager who came in one weekend to see me at my office and he was just in shambles because he had screwed up with his girlfriend that weekend and the guy was just so sad, so depressed. He thought God would disown him. I said, brother, the fact that your heart breaks over what you did this weekend is proof he's in there. He's speaking to you That's not the life He has for you. So get up with Him and keep going. If He wasn't born again, He wouldn't care. He'd have told the whole locker room what He did. Instead, He went to the preacher's office and confessed His sin. Does that make sense? Clearly, He's different on the inside. Life is in Him now. I remember when I was 13 years old, I asked my mom, how does someone get their sins forgiven? I had a friend at school that got saved, and he was so different. And so it really piqued my interest, and I had been at church. I'd never heard about being born again. been in church since I was uh, born. And here I am, 13 years old, and I have no concept of born again. So thanks be to God, my mom knew all about it. She knew Jesus, and she said, pray this prayer. So I prayed that prayer. Next day at school, I'm not kidding, next day at school, and I must have been like a 7th grader or something, and instead of using the F-bomb, what came out of my mouth, I'm not kidding you, was fudge nuggets. (laughs) What is that? Life was at work within me. I, I didn't even know what was happening. But I remember it. I remembered it that day, and I remember it now. I thought, well, that's different. I did. That's really what I thought. thought, Man, in the past, I would have just let it fly, you know. (laughs) We need to put on the sign out there, got life, question mark. Instead of got milk, got life. Do you have life? Too much of the church has no life. No wonder the world's not running to us. But when we have divine life, we have the answer. See, human might and power can never duplicate or produce the divine life of God. Jesus taught salvation by regeneration, not by anything of the flesh. And without the Spirit of God remaking us from within, listen to me, Christianity is nothing more than human effort and human reasoning. I would add, without divine life within, Christianity is nothing more than man made religion matter of fact the term christian jesus never used the term christian the world did and it wasn't actually a compliment but jesus used the term born again disciple follower student it's caused a lack of family and community because man tries to be unified on what he believes Why is there so much fighting in the body of Christ? Because their security is in what they believe. And so you attack what I believe. Why? Because I'm saved because I'm believing right. Brother, you got to get born again. And if you are born again, you're my brother and I'm your brother. Amen? So you can put your knives down. We're on the same team. But if it's believism, it's the, if it's the unity of the faith that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, no wonder they fight over it. No, no wonder they're mad about it. No wonder they defend what they think is right and wrong. Because all their security is in what they believe. Our, our family is based on whom we believe. The one who united us. Why do we have 40,000 registered denominations on the planet? Because man in his intellectualism tries to unite and be family based on believing the same stuff. We need to to realize we're brothers and sisters and that we're one in the Spirit because of what Christ has done. I never want my security as a Christian, as a Christ follower to be because I believe something. And I'll tell you something else. When I get to heaven, God's not going to ask me Why should I let you in? He recognizes me. I'm of Him. I'm His kid. I have His DNA in me. You remember that? We go door to door and say, Well, if you died tonight and God were to say, Why should I let you into heaven? He's not going to ask you that if you're born again. And I'm sure not going to say in response, Well, because I believe something. I'm going to say, Because you birthed me as your offspring. Now, I consented I consented, but I have no security in what I've done. My security is on what my Father has done inside of me. Go ahead and give Him praise. (laughs) You believe in once saved, always saved? I believe it if God did it. If God's the one who does the saving, I believe in it. I don't believe it because it's a doctrine. Come on, Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Jesus said you must be born again to enter the realm of the Father, the realm of the Spirit, the realm of knowing God. This is non-negotiable. You must be born again. And we've, we've made it everything but, haven't we? And it explains a lot on what's gone wrong. Divine life is what you need if you're not born again. What this means is, and I love every one of you, Is that church membership, church attendance, doing good works, signing a card, believing the Bible is true, all those things, that will not save you. You must become new inside, and my heart would be crushed if you believe something so inaccurate as those things, and I didn't warn you. I am warning you in love so that you can check yourself and then those you love you can lovingly invite them to be regenerated because that's what jesus taught and we are jesus followers one last one second corinthians thirteen five, and the amplified examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you're holding to the to the faith and showing proper fruit life has fruit in it guys the inward change brings about outward fruit. Okay? Test and prove yourselves. Do not do you not yourselves realize and know that Jesus Christ is in you unless your counterfeits disapproved on trial and rejected? Just sharing this with you so you'll know that you know that you know I am born again. And if I'm born again, that salvation was not the end of something. It was the beginning of divine life growing up on the inside of me. And that day by day, it is a journey and it can be hard. But day by day, when people see me, they're going to see him. As I grow, they're going to see him. As I grow, my kids will see him. As I grow, my spouse will see him. As I spend more and more time with him, feeding on him, I'm going to become more and more like him. You must be born again. Stephen, you guys can come. I mentioned this, that regeneration goes beyond a date and time stamp when you were saved. Life you never possessed before came on the inside of you. And it's not just for your salvation. It is for your sanctification and that's been missing in the body of Christ. We stopped at justification. And hey, I'm I'll preach I'll preach it white hot as much as the next guy, but in Christ you've been placed in Christ and you are you're you're signed sealed and delivered as the righteousness of God. But if that's only a doctrine to you, if it's something intellectual to you, you won't start seeing righteousness formed within you. And more and more righteous behavior manifesting in you. But if you understand that salvation is a life, is regeneration, and we'll get into this next week because Titus chapter 2 and chapter 3 talk about it that we were regenerated by the Spirit of the living God. That's how we got saved. And we're not who we used to be. And I, I admonish you to believe that. And uh, where's Lena? Lena had that word out of Ephesians 4, verse 22 through 24. Put off the old man. Stop identifying with who you used to be and start identifying with the new creation man because you've been life, man. You are inhabited by God. You're indwelt by the very divine life of Christ. You are not who you used to be. Start participating with his life. Start allowing him to come forth. We had a guy at prayer shield yesterday had never been there before and he said That he was uh, Lamenting, you know where he's at in his life and he just said Um, I just want to do what the lord wants me to do, but I feel so distant from him I I looked right at him. I said the fact that you're sitting here saying I just want to do What god wants me to do is proof he's in you. That's him that's he, he, he craves righteousness He craves the love of God He craves doing the Father's will Those things are at work in us If we're born again Will you stand with me I have a couple of asks this morning Very important My first ask is this morning If you are not born again Please get born again This is what Christianity is new life within. And I'm not going to ask for every head bowed, every eye closed and all that. I'm going to ask you to be brave and say, you know what, Brother Steve? I'm not born again. I have never received divine life on the inside of me and I want to pray and ask the author of life by his Spirit to penetrate my heart and life me. Okay? So that's my first ask. If you're here this morning and you're not born again, I ask that you get born again as the Spirit speaks to you. Is that you? Would you raise your hand so we can pray with you? I am not born again. Anybody? Thank you, Bruce. Anybody else? I want to be born again and infused with life. This is serious. I cannot live with myself if I do not warn you. If you think just believism is where it's at, you are sadly mistaken. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be Born of God's spirit. I'll tell you it'll change your life. You'll go from F bombs to fudge nuggets, just like that. <laughs> Anybody else? Bruce, come here. We're gonna pray with you. Oh back. Here. Thank you, Solomon. Solomon, come here and join me. Give these guys a hand. Thank you guys. <clears throat> come on, Solomon. Well, that's all right. You made it. <laughs> made it. Let's pray with them. Say this after us. Say, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to receive divine life, life as you possess it. Father, fill me with your Son, with your Spirit, and with the living Word that from this day on, I am not who I used to be. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. The old nature is gone. The old me is gone. And the new creation is coming. Thank you Father for lifing me. I am yours. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Bless you both. Yeah. Bless you. Awesome. Amen. My second ask, if you are born again, I'm asking you, would you study it? Would you get into what we're getting into? I really feel this heavy on the Lord's heart that we're going to study life from the inside out. Wouldn't you rather take life into your situations instead of being overcome by whatever the world's dishing out? You can take life, take joy, take peace to those situations. I'm asking you, would you feed on spirit and truth to understand regeneration with me. That's my ask. Will you, let I think the more we grow in it, the more we understand, the more we can help our loved ones. Because the days of, well, just easy believism and you're okay, you're going to heaven, that's not, that's not cutting it. We need to get people lifed. And that when, and after they're evangelized, after they're converted and born again, then what? We disciple them to divine life. We disciple them to lean on Him and rely on Him. Make sense? Father, I thank You this morning for everyone, Lord, and just within their heart, their decision to really begin to grow in what it is to be born of the Spirit, people of the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit. Lord, guide us as we go together in Jesus' name.